Coming up tonight, it's the first in our two-part series all about marketing stunts. On this episode, we cover the worst of them and discuss why it's a bad idea to say, drop one and a half million balloons on the city of Cleveland, or mix chemicals in a swimming pool. Learn all about that coming up right now. This is Up for Debate, episode number 121, recorded September 13th, 2018, Marketing Stunts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Up for Debate, the debate podcast where the two hosts agree on everything. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by a man who could sell an Eskimo ice. It is Mr. Matt Mariani, the original marketer. Hello, Mr. Sean, the, uh, the, 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 the viral marketer. The marketeer of viruses. I, I I put it this way. I have had actual bosses of mine ask how we can go viral, which was a very yeah. sad moment in my life. <laughs> it was a very sad moment? Yes, because I had to explain to them that's not how it works. <laughs> and how does it work? Well, we're going to talk about that on tonight's show, Matt, but I did, uh, I did want to start off by thanking everybody out there for joining us on this episode Up for Debate. I know we were on a, a bit of a hiatus the last couple weeks. Matt and I had some... Big life stuff going on. I bought and moved into a new house. Matt's uh, started a new school year. We had a lot going on. So thank you for hanging in there. We're back. Don't worry. We're not going anywhere. Not anytime soon, at least. Uh, and uh, I think we got a great episode tonight. Matt, you picked the topic. Uh, why, why, why marketing stunts? Well, Sean, um, I remember when we, in a recent, uh, not our most recent book talk, but in a, in a book talk, we had previously read the, um, the uh, hit video game novel, video game centered novel, um, console wars. Yes. And there were, uh, large sections of console wars dedicated to talking about, um, the viral marketing campaigns waged between Nintendo and Sega. And then later on with Sony as well. Um, and uh, you just looking back on, uh, Sega's, you know, boisterous, like effort to, Sega. yeah, basically just, just, uh, rent out an entire town or, or uh, you know, an entire um, Walmart and dedicate it just to the sales of just to the sales of, of, um, sorry, of, of, uh, viral marketing. Um, the, uh, the, the, I, I got me into re wanting to read about viral marketing more and kind of research popular viral, um, Marketing things like that. Sorry about that that little pause over there. Uh, my fiance came into the room to show me a picture on the computer of uh, the the incoming storm. For those of you who don't know, here in Virginia we're expecting a large hurricane. Um, the governor has in fact declared a state of emergency. Now, which, Matt, I'm starting to yeah. think this little interjection is really just a viral marketing for the hurricane. Oh, Did they no, pay it's for you these for brand this? New hurricane nuts. <laughs> no, come be... and get these. Imagine, imagine a, a brand of nuts called Hurricane Nuts. What would? Well, they're they're cock. They're like hur there's hurricane like alcohol themed beverages. I know tropical thing like. Well, yeah, you've got the hurricane. The yeah, actual mixed drink. But like, yeah. what products would be good branded as Hurricane? Like a poncho, like or like a sure. a wind a rain jacket. Uh, a lawnmower. Uh, okay, I mean, you tear I usually... up your lawn like a hurricane. <laughs> I think a tornado might be. I'm thinking because I, when I think of hurricane, I think of wet, or like okay. a slip and slide. Okay. So how about a sprinkler? Like a spr a sprinkler oh my system. god, the hurricane! Oh my god, my lawn's gonna be so damp. Yep, the hurricane sprinkler system, or even like an SUV, like the Ford Hurricane. Yeah, yeah. Except then, then there would just be all the the ironic shots of, you know, the hurricane Escalade or uh, Honda Hurricane, Honda Hurricane. Just, just covered with water. Yep, floating away in the middle of it. Float, yeah, I think that's that's probably why we've never seen a hurricane and probably never will on a car. Speaking of car news, and I know this is kind of unrelated, but yeah, did you it. hear that uh, Volkswagen is doing away with the Beetle? I did not hear that. Now, they've reinvented the Beetle a couple times. I even think it went away for a little bit and it came back. They're, they're going mm -hmm. away now? They're, yeah, they're they're set to issue the last Beetle in 2019. So after 2019, no more Beetles. I'm not. I'm really beat up about Swag it. Swagging Beetles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did discontinue them, and they brought them back. When did they bring them back, Sean? And was it the 90s? 
Yeah, the, so they early two thousand. Yeah, so they had the the more, the kind of real curvy one in the nineties, early two thousands. Then it went away for a little bit, and then they came back with the new one that's available now, where it's a little more squared off than the uh, the the uh, revitalized one. Yeah, geez, that's I think that's kind of a bummer. Eh. Did you know <laughs> the first car? The Beetle was probably the first car that I could ever remember wanting. And and I'm not a for those listeners out there, I'm I'm not a very big car guy at all. I'm not one of those like, oh, I, I love this car because it has this kind of torque and I don't even know what torque is. I'm really not a car guy, but uh there were two cars that I wanted when I was a kid. The Volkswagen Beetle and the Honda Odyssey. You were such a cool kid. Such a cool kid. I really was. Um, the Beetle, I liked its design, obviously, and I loved the punch buggy game. You know, whenever you'd see one, you'd get to hit somebody, and they wouldn't get to hit you back. So I love that. So I, I wanted to bring more joy to people Aww. in the world. So I was like, let me just, you know, if I bought like a like a red punch buggy, I, then I could drive around, and people would punch each other and say no punchbacks, and that'd be really funny. I'd get to look over... Um, I don't think people do that anymore. I, 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 I never see them. Not. I never see the Beatles anymore. That's the thing. Like I can't even recall yeah. the last time I saw one. I think that may just be a hashtag '90s kids thing. I think many. Yeah. I think I see Mini Coopers more often than I see Beatles. Did you ever do Pediddle? I did, but I don't remember what it is. I just remember so the name. Everybody kind of had their own rules for Pediddle. Mine were at least what I grew up with playing was if you see a car and one tail one um i'm sorry not tail light one headlight was out but one headlight was on and functioning then you you got to say pediddle and it was the same punch buggy theme you get to hit somebody and they wouldn't get to hit you back i think my sister just wanted to hit me i think that's what <laughs> yeah, it was i think, I think are, she made these up games, the rules these are definitely games that older siblings invented to terrorize younger siblings yeah. for sure yeah for sure but uh uh, no, I, I thought the Beetle design was pretty cool, and um, I heard that they were fuel efficient. I don't know if that's true or not, but German engineering, that didn't really apply to me when I was in middle school or, no. or elementary school. No. But I just thought they were cool, and I wanted one. Um, and then the Honda Odyssey was really just strictly because of the name, because I was a nerd and I loved Greek mythology. That was it is it. A, it's, a, it's a great name for a car. I mean, there are a lot of bad car names. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. So, the uh, the, uh, the punch I, buggy and the Honda Odyssey. See, I'm not My a car guy car. at all either, but I wanted a Lamborghini because that's a cool car. Now, of course, I think a Beetle is much more obtainable. Yeah, Sean, that's that's such a that's just typical. That's like I'm a stereotype. Such a, cliche. a Lamborghini. You wanted a Lambo? Do you want a, a yellow Lambo? I wanted Lambo? I wanted a Countach. And I, uh, a Lamborghini Countach. And uh, unfortunately, I ended up with Hank the Hyundai, but you know, that's okay. Kind of the same thing. Hyundai is a fine car, it's a fine automobile. A mighty fine automobile. Mm-hmm. Can't go wrong with a Hyundai. Nope. Not at all. How come they never, um, they could have marketed that name a little better? Like, how come there's no, like, the Hyundai guys? I feel like they could have, that could be their mascot. What car company no, has a Hyundai mascot? Guy. Hank the Hyundai. That, uh, what? Henry the Hyundai. And they're all like the Hyundai guys. I don't know. I don't know what they would do, but they're characters. Like the cavemen from the Geico commercials. Yeah, but no car, car companies do don't really have mascots. Yeah, what about the Gecko? The Geico Gecko. But that's, a, that's insurance. That's not a car company. All right, but it's related to cars. Not, come on. No. There's the Allstate man. But you remember, you know, I'm trying to think if they're... Man? There was Joe Azuzu way back in the day, before our time. Have you ever heard about Joe Azuzu? This is back when Azuzu was making cars back in the eighties, and they had a spokesman named Joe Azuzu, and he would go on like a kind of like a slimy salesman type, and he would say bold faced lies about the car as like a joke. So like this car gets three hundred miles per gallon. This car never breaks down. This car, and he would just say lies, and he was a big popular character. Wasn't Pazuzu, uh, isn't that a demon, like a demon king? I don't know if they're related. In like Babylonian mythology? I think you're right. I don't know if that's... Pazuzu. I yeah, do not know that's where that comes a, from. The Exorcist. You ever watch The Exorcist, Sean? No. In the movie The Exorcist, the demon that possesses the little girl is Pazuzu. Oh. 
Isuzu right, so missed up? a good chance for a product placement there. <laughs> you think they did? They sure did. Uh, the uh, the demon possessed girl could have driven away in a Pazuzu. A, Pazuzu a brand new Isuzu, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing it's they went out of business. The, the exorcist priests that show up at her house could have been driving a Pazuzu mobile. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but that's okay. I think they got enough pl- product placement in The Exorcist. There's that scene when you know she turns her head all the way around, 300, and she comes back in, and then she says, snap into a Slim Jim. Remember that part? Someone needs to edit that in. <laughs> you know, there was. It's very funny. There is a service, this is 100% true, that will take old episodes of, like, sitcoms, like How I Met Your Mother and Everybody Loves Raymond and stuff, and you'll notice in the background of the characters, if there's like a billboard or something, in reruns, they actually put new ads behind the characters in the reruns. Oh, really? So so like if there's a movie coming out that weekend, even though the episode aired 10 years ago, the ad for the movie will be behind the characters in the show. That's wild. It's crazy. I don't like that. That's... It, because you're that like, the like characters are in 2005, how are they going to see the Avengers? Like, this does not make any sense. I would be very confused. Yeah. Like, what do they do it like, in Friends? Like, if they're walking yeah. by, I don't know, a billboard or something, it'll yeah. be... Imagine if imagine if they advertise the series finale for a show <laughs> in that show. Well, I would but love it. But it's from an earlier season. Yep. Yep. <laughs> stay stay like, tuned for more Friends, but it's on sign, Friends. Yeah. <laughs> Like, Wait, the Seinfeld they... series finale premieres Wednesday on a billboard. Do they know it's they're like on Kramer TV? Kramer and George walking down the street. That if, if any show were to do that, I think it would be it would have to be either Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm or somebody who gets yeah. the joke. Mm-hmm. Very meta. It's a yeah. Oh, that's what it the kids call it. Very meta show. So, all right. Um, uh, marketing stunts. Marketing stunts. Yes. Um, who you want to go first? You want me to go first? Well, what are what what are we defining a marketing right. stunt as? Yeah, good point. Let's let's set some ground rules first. Okay, so in my research, what I did was, um, I basically, you know, I this is what I try to do whenever we do things like this is I I try to take the inverse of what I expect you're gonna take. Of course, we never talk about it beforehand. Nope. So what I what I what I anticipate? It's like a chess match, Sean. I anticipated that you would look up, you know, the best, the best viral marketing events out there. The yep. ones that, that really like bold people over. Sure. That uh, just knocked it out of the park. Yeah. So obviously I looked up the worst viral marketing, oh. the ones that totally fell flat right on their face and uh, humiliated the company and uh, everyone associated that's so funny, Matt, because I also played a chess match with you, and I assume, because I know Matt almost better than anybody, let's be real, and I said, this guy, he's going to look up the best marketing stunts, so I should look up the worst marketing stunts. Well, the joke's on you, Sean, because while you were playing chess, I was actually playing a different game of chess where I thought that you were going to think that I was going to look up the uh, negative ads. So I thought that you thought that. So what I thought was to look up, maybe I'll look up both. So I got, I have, I have a kind of a mixed bag of both. Matt, there's so many people listening. Really go either way. There's so many people listening to this who are like, I waited six weeks to come back to this. <laughs> Mike, what are they talking about? No, no, let, let's go ahead and dig in, Matt. Do you want me to go first or should you? Yeah. You, you jump right in. Well, I have one that's that's not necessarily a bad one, but it's a recent one, and that's why I thought to do it. Um, we all remember summer of 2018. Sun was out. People were having a good time. Everything was fine in the world. No crisis whatsoever. And a little-known international house of pancakes decided they were going to get out of the pancake game and into the burger game. Into the burger game. IHOB. Do you remember IHOB, Matt? I hop. Yes, I do. It seems so long ago. Oh uh, yeah, that that was uh, that was less than a year ago, right? Yep. It was, it was this summer. Like it was, was literally two months. It was ago. over. Yeah, I was gonna. It was in the beginning of the summer, right? Early yep. summer. Yep. June. Yep. Sure. 
Yeah, they came out, they first said they were changing their name to IHOB, but didn't say what the B was for. And there was rampant internet speculation, and it turns out they were going to be International House of Burgers, and then they're already back to being International House of Pancakes. Yes. It did not last. That, uh, I, I, have, I have my own theories about this marketing ploy here, okay? Um, I first heard about IHOB on a radio ad. And this is when they were still teasing it, and they weren't they weren't going to share what the B was. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my first theory is that this was a plan that they had set in motion before April first. They were going to release it as like an April Fool's Day joke, similar to um, other other viral campaigns. Sure. Many, countless, maybe perhaps too many, have taken place on on April Fool's Day in the past. And I thought the 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 B. Then I thought the B was going to be revealed to be bananas. And I thought they were going to do like banana pan, oh, pancakes, banana promotion, banana pudding, and yeah, things like that. Sure. And I was like, okay, like that'll probably get people to get people to file in in place. Then they revealed the B to in fact be burgers, uh, International House of Burgers. People started losing their shit all over Twitter, all over social media. Now, this is June, right? This is this is summer. Okay, so it's grilling weather. It's yep. burger weather. I thought. All right. Did you did you did you tell everyone how the promotion ended? How they how they kind of resolved things? Well, they just went back back to being International House of Pancakes. Right, and they played it off. They played it off like a joke. Yeah. They played it off like they were just kidding. As a matter of fact, there was a commercial where they're like, "We were just kidding about the burgers thing." Um, I don't think they were kidding, Sean. I think that they seriously wanted to to beef up pun intended, to beef up their burger menu. And um, and I think that it, the backlash was so strong, people thought they were legitimately rebranding. And I think to a degree, they might have even thought that they were rebranding themselves as International House of Burgers. And I think people just got so PO'd that they were like, okay, let's, let's pretend this was all a joke. Let's just tell them it was a joke. We'll go back to being IHOP that everybody knows and loves. And, um, and that'll be that. So I don't think it was a joke. Yeah, I'm gonna dis- I, I'm gonna disagree yeah. with you. Okay, I'm gonna disagree with you, and here's why. Uh, and I know this from experience. When you change a company's name, it is insanely expensive because you have to reprint every menu, change every uniform, update every sign, change the website, change it, it, to change the name of IHOP to IHOB would literally cost them. And I'm just making this up, but it wouldn't surprise me if it cost him $50 million just just to change the name. Oh, yeah, like lo- logos and Oh, sure. my God. You have to literally change everything. And so what I'm thinking is they said people think we're just – because when I first heard IHOB, I thought it was going to be International House of Breakfast and that they were just going to promote we're more than pancakes. We have all breakfast options. And then that was going to be perhaps a permanent change, or I didn't know. But what's great about this promotion is that they basically said, look, we need people in there at times that aren't breakfast, lunch and dinner, right? Which they serve. They're an actual house of pancakes. And so this was just a ploy to get free awareness for the fact that they have burgers. They had burgers before. It's not that they add, they have always had burgers. Now, maybe they tweaked them for this promotion. They've, they've always had burgers but any, and we'll talk about this throughout all these viral marketing stunts, your goal is to just get as much awareness for free as humanly possible. That is it. That is the single goal. It doesn't even have to be good awareness. You just want to get as much of it as possible and for as cheaply as possible. And so they said, we're going to tell everybody we're changing the name. We're definitely not changing the name. But if it gets them talking about it, hey, let's let's do it. I mean, that's what all these companies do on April Fool's. The only trick they did was they just didn't do it at that time of year in an effort to convince people it was real. So I don't think they were ever going to actually change it to IHOB. It was a temporary promotion. Um, but I think it also went much wi- much more widely successful than they had anticipated. So I-, I think it was great. I think it was actually really smart of them to do. Because now, even a year from now, people will remember IHOP has pancake or has burgers. IHOP has burgers. Um... Okay, I maybe maybe rebranding was too strong of a of a theory. Maybe IHOP, what they were trying to maybe instead of instead of like re rebranding everything, maybe they were just 
kind of re-envisioning their image or something like that. Sure. I my take is that they were genuine. That this this was a genuine attempt to to kind of restructure the philosophy of their of their uh, of their brand. I, I think that you know not not like they were going to stop all pancakes or discontinue pancakes, but I think that they really were they were coming from a place of sincerity when they they were trying to you know put burgers on the map. Maybe maybe they weren't. Maybe it was just a marketing attempt to say like you know we do have burgers also like we. You know, we we got a we have a burger menu too. You know, you don't have to just come here for pancakes. But I thought I I envisioned somewhere someone in the company, higher higher up in the company, you know, setting out and saying, looking at like Hardee's, uh, In and Out, Sh- Shake Shack, and saying oh, well, sure. we could do that too. Well, burgers we could most do popular that fast food item in America. I mean, I don't I don't think yeah. that's a surprising route saying to go down. That, yeah. I, I'm not. I mean, obviously, I don't think it worked out the way that they had hoped. But I think it worked think out better than a, they. I, did you think it wasn't a successful promotion? I don't think. It, I don't think it was what they. I don't think it was what they envisioned. I don't actually really know the numbers, but I. I don't know. I, I just know it didn't work on me. I have yet to have eaten an IHOP burger. But maybe I, I'm missing out. I don't know. But again, but, do you know how much they spent on the IHOP promotion? I don't. I. It can't have been much because it was all not much. free publicity. It was the news mm-hmm. talking about it. It was Twitter talking about it. It's us talking about it. That's the thing about a viral marketing campaign. It doesn't have to sell burgers. The trick is that if a year from now you go to an IHOP because you know you can get more than breakfast, then it worked. Even if you didn't buy a burger this summer, that's okay. It's the same, a good example, and we, I promise we won't get political, but the Nike Colin Kaepernick thing where it's like, it's not about the message. It's about just people. You, it's buzz. All you want sure. is people talking about it. It doesn't matter what the product is or even if they buy it. Because eventually, mm-hmm. if you build up enough awareness, the theory is it converts into a sale. So in that respect, I do think for whatever they paid for it, it, it wasn't... You can't... If they had bought commercials to get that much awareness, it would have cost them a zillion dollars. So on that respect, I think... It, are people going to go there and get the burgers? I, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you know, when you talk about rebranding... I do think that they've probably discussed, well, how do we make it more than breakfast? I think International House of Food or, you know, Denny's is a good name where it's kind of like, well, we have all sorts of stuff. I do think they have a name problem in general, but I just think this was a specific burger promotion that worked out really well for them. They probably sold a bunch of burgers and got a ton of free press. So, you know, that that's kind of a, a good hallmark of any marketing stunt. Right. Uh, definitely generating buzz. And it, and it did it did its job. It generated buzz. Um. Just to close out, the reason that I thought that the B was going to be for International House of Bananas, just, you know, you, you have fall with pumpkin-flavored things. Sure. And now maple. It seems like maple is starting to make its its way into the into the uh, fall flavor category. You have winter, peppermint, and things like that. I think that they were trying to get corner a niche on, like, bananas for summer. I don't know. Sure. Um, maybe, Yeah. May, or maybe International House of Breakfast. That might have been a good a good assumption as well. But um, see, I think for International House of Burgers. I think for Fourth of July, they should be American House of Pancakes. A hop. Yeah, I think that would be a great promotion. Yeah, keep changing your name. Why not? Yeah. Should no, we man. move on to the next? Yeah. What do you got? Next one? Okay. So, um, I I was gonna do a a different one, but I want to do this one to start out and, okay. and, we, and I will go back to the, the second one in a minute, but, um, I really would like to talk about, I would like to talk to you about Jägermeister. Oh, the fine folks at Jägermeister, not a sponsor, <laughs> though we would be interested. One, sure we would. Um, Jägermeister, did you know that, uh, have you, did you hear about the, um, the marketing stunt that they, that they did in Mexico? Uh, I'm trying to get a date on it. The, it was. Um, I think I know what one you're talking about. I don't want to spoil it, but I, th- I think I okay. know what one you're talking about. It, it was. It was. I think a couple years back. Um, so basically, what they did was th- there was a pool party in um, in okay in Mexico. Yep. And uh, Leon, Mexico. Jägermeister hosted this this giant pool party where. So you have you have a pool, and they and they poured liquid nitrogen into the pool. They wanted to you know make like a smoke rising out of it, and they were going to have a bunch of 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 employees to jump 
into the pool. I guess employees and and fans. And they were gonna. It was gonna be like a big Jägermeister pool party, and and it was gonna. Oh, the sponsors were there, and signs everywhere, posters, uh, bikini-clad women, all all sponsoring their brand, Jägermeister. And what happens is, um, the the staff decided to pour liquid nitrogen to make the smoky effect. Well, when you mix that, apparently they didn't have a chemist on hand because when you mix liquid nitrogen. With chlorine, you get a specific kind of poison. Um, you get uh, – I'm going to cheat and look it up. Nitrogen trichloride. There you go. Nit- nitrogen trichloride, yeah, which is toxic and, and can very easily kill people. Matter of fact, it has been used in chemical warfare uh, as, a, as, a, as a, uh, a noxious gas. So um, – Obviously, people got very, very sick. People started passing out, and uh, they had to hospitalize eight people with one person ending up in an 18-day coma. Yikes, at a hospital. So um, really not a uh, not – this is is one of those instances of a a very – this is one of those instances, instances, I guess, of a a well-thought-out, well-thought-out but not well-executed viral marketing plan. Yeah, this seems like something I would do. Or I guess, yeah, I wouldn't even call it a viral. It's not really viral marketing, but it's, you know, they probably figured that the the, the video would surface on social media and people would share it and, and it'd be, you know, be easy. Well, sounds free like a cool pool. I mean, if I wish my pool had liquid nitrogen fog all over it, that'd be sweet. Sure. But I just don't want to be poisoned. Yes. This is one that maybe they should have done a little more research on. Yep. Well, that, so. that reminds me, I, I don't remember the details, I just know this off the top of my head, but there was a famous case uh, many, many years ago of a local radio station that held a contest to see how long you could sit bare-assed on a, on a big chunk of ice, and whoever lasted the longest won some kind of large prize, uh, but they accidentally used uh, bought dry ice instead of uh, regular ice, and if you've ever used dry ice, you know... It is beyond cold. It's like liquid nitrogen. It's insanely cold. You're not supposed to touch it with your bare hands. People literally, they they sat on it, and they literally had the skin removed from their nether regions and had to go to the hospital and were seriously injured. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, that, so, that's just an instance of, of um, real, real stupidity. And, it's it's uh, a good takeaway. Safety first on your marketing stunts. They're called stunts sure. for a reason. They can be dangerous. Absolutely. Well, very well put. Well put, Sean. Yeah, you know, always check the scene for safety, Matt. Yeah, I can see that this hiatus really. Uh, I got a new really perspective. Sure did. It really did. Yep. All right. Do you have a um? Do you have another one? For I do, us? Matt. Are you familiar with the concept of an alternate reality game, an ARG? Yes, yes. I, I, um, I've watched a couple of YouTube documentaries about, about these things. Yeah, um, it's, a, it's a newer phenomenon in marketing where uh, essentially you just create a, a game in reality to market your product. And so Halo famously did it. A lot of video games do it where it's like you have to call a secret phone number and they give you a code and you have to find a secret website. And then it's like GPS coordinates. You have to go there and there's a letter there. It's like a puzzle. The whole Internet has to work together and solved. uh, But it's all based in reality for a product you might buy. Very popular. A lot of companies are now doing it. They're very expensive. They take a lot of time to plan. Toyota did one a number of years ago to promote the Toyota Matrix called The Other You. And the way it would work is you would sign up an unwitting and unknowing friend. And that friend would get stalked by a stranger. <laughs> the way it would work, and this is abs- this is a true story, a Los Angeles woman, I'm sure one of many who this happened to, started receiving threatening emails, a link to a face MySpace page, a fake MySpace page, a fake bill in her name for trashed hotel rooms. Um, it lasted for five days. It scared her enough that she went to her family for protection, suffered health and job performance issues, and settled a and uh, filed a ten million dollar lawsuit against Toyota, which which I hope she won. There is no conclusion listed in the article. 
Well, even if she didn't win, I'm I'm sure she walked away with a with a with a sum with a nice chunk of change for that. Um, because that's that's ludicrous. That's um now. Why didn't she go to the? Did she go to the police at any she did. point? So this so okay. this is from 2009. So here's the details from the the article. According according to her lawsuit, um, she received emails for five days from a fictitious man called Sebastian Bowler from England, who said he was on the run from the law, knew her and where she lived, and was coming to her home to hide from the police. There was even a face fake MySpace page for this Bowler character. Though Bowler did not have her current address, he sent her links to his MySpace page, as well as to video links of him causing trouble all over the country on his way to her house in Los Angeles. Um, in one email, he wrote, Amber mate, coming to Los Angeles, gonna lay low at your place for a bit till it all blows over. They even sent the woman a bill for damages to, uh, the fictitious man supposedly made to a hotel room. Uh, the harassment lasted for five days and frightened her so much she contacted the neighbors, friends and families, um, and eventually the, the police. I have so many questions about this. I'm, I'm going to try to put them. I'm going to try to remember all of them and put them <laughs> in an order that I can. Okay. Number one. What the hell? Like, what, what does this have to do with Toyota? That's Honestly, number one is like, where, where does the product come into the market? Like, where is the marketing in this marketing stunt? Okay. So you're threatening somebody. The guy's name, it's not like his name is, his name's not John Toyota or, or John Ford or something like the rival of Toyota. And then a Toyota saves the girl or did he pull up to her house in a Toyota and like, where, where's the product? Yeah. Where were they even going to sell the product? I don't, I've I've heard this whole article. Doesn't it, it literally does not say. What is the end game? I guess is, is another question is where, where would this have ended? It had she not panicked and called the police, where, where would it have ended? Would they have? Would they have actually gone through with hiring some kind of actor to come to her house and trash it or something? It it truly does not her? say. That's that's what I would I what I would believe. I mean, it just seems like they would hire an actor to come to her house, threaten her, possibly at gunpoint with like a fake gun or something, um, and, and hold her hostage or something. Like, I, this just seems like a like a just a just like a, it's like somebody was trying to get rid, get away with a crime. And and they disguised it as a uh, as a marketing stunt as a mar- as a marketing stunt. Uh, so that's that's number one. Number two, what kind of a fr- did the friend know this was going to happen, or was it just like sign your friend up for a cool marketing stunt, or we'll prank your friend? Did they go into detail about about this at all? Did they go? Did Toyota go into any kind of detail of? Sit the friend down and say, "This is what's what we're going to do to your friend. We're going to stalk them. We're going to email, send threatening emails to them, and we're going to come to their house." Like, yeah, no, they, none of none of that, none of that, <laughs> none of that. Now, I did I did pull up a little research here um, as a follow up, and according to the internet, um, her lawsuit did go to trial. But it was eventually dismissed. She did not win. She didn't get anything? She didn't get anything. She probably just had a crappy lawyer. Probably. Probably. Uh, Companies usually win these types of lawsuits. I mean, I I would think there would be some kind of settlement or some kind of hush-hush, even if it's only a couple thou. They really thought they were going to win it. Even if it's just to cover legal fees. I don't know if they turned down a... I mean, they claimed that... Uh, that they gave, she gave some type of opt-in at some point in the process. She claimed she didn't. I tend to believe her, but yeah, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. This would freak me the hell out. Sure. That is sure. so messed up. And, and, uh, all of the, all of the augmented reality games that I've seen have, have been really cool. And like, they seem like they're a lot of fun to, well, to not, participate in. They're not usually about you as a as an individual per like it's more about the game or whatever it is that you're that you're working on do you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. sure i i've seen i've yeah i've seen the ones where there are notes hidden throughout a city and they send you on some kind of cool scavenger hunt but it's like an, it's a more of an interactive thing where you wait you have to wait by a phone and the phone will ring and back when they used to have pay phones i guess um and then you uh 
you know, you go to a park and you have to sit at this bench and a guy will drop off a packet, like yeah. cool stuff like it's that. Fun. This is this is not this is a terrifying augmented reality. This reminds me of of those like if you have you heard of the hired like paid kidnappers where they're not like real kidnappers, but you can pay a large rich people do it because yep. I don't know they have too much money. I guess they pay a lot of money to kid get themselves kidnapped. Yep, because they want to experience the real terror and and horror of getting kidnapped. Yep. But I don't know why anyone would do that, but. But they do exist, and and uh, matter of fact, there was a story not too long ago that a uh, um, a, a CEO of a, no, maybe it was maybe it wasn't the CEO, but a there was like a manager of a company who got himself kid like he he had he had like an actual hostage situation acted out in his workplace, and it was part of a um, like a uh, training drill, or a it was like a bonding activity mm-hmm. for his workers, but. I don't know. Augmented reality can be kind of scary. Just don't surprise. Advertising shouldn't surprise people. You should be. You should know you're being marketed to. It shouldn't be that subtle. Agreed. Agreed. And it should never lead to scary, scary places. Nope. Nope. Here's a fun one for you, Sean. Well, what do you got? Um, Sean, are you a fan of rock and roll music? I, I, that's kind of a broad question, but do you, okay. do you like to hear that rock and roll music? Any old way you choose it? Uh, boy, do I! All right. So, are you familiar with a rock and roll band by the name of Guns and Roses? Oh boy! I, both the Guns and the Roses. Okay. Uh, are you familiar with the uh, Dr Pepper marketing stunt that is associated with Guns and Roses? Vaguely. All right. So, for those that are not in the know. We're, we're going to rewind the clock back to 1994. The year is 1994. Guns N' Roses makes an announcement that they're coming out with a new album, an album by the name of Chinese Democracy. Now, that might sound like a familiar album, and that's because the album did not come out in 1994. It did not come out in 1994. It did not come out in 1996. Matter of fact, it didn't come out in the 90s at all, Sean. You know when Chinese Democracy finally came out? No. Finally was released? Um, well, we'll get to that in a minute. But we're going to fast forward the clock, okay? We're now in uh, the springtime of the year of our Lord, 2008. Okay? Great year. This is a, a, a total 12 years after after Guns N' Roses makes that announcement. Now keep that in the back of your head. Guns N' Roses announces this album, Chinese Democracy, is going to come out in 1996. It's now 2008. The album still has not been released. Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper launches a marketing campaign in the spring of 2008 where they announced that they would give a free can, a free can of Dr. Pepper to every American citizen, everyone in the United States of America would receive a free can of Dr. Pepper if Guns N' Roses releases Chinese Democracy, that album that was promised 12 years ago. Okay? They were so confident Mm -hmm. that they would give a free can of Dr. Pepper to everyone. Okay? So... Obviously, you know, Guns N' Roses is washed up at this point. They, they, there's talks that they may have broken up. Uh, they dis- completely disappear from the music scene. They tour on occasion, but nothing really major. Um, so Dr. Pepper thinks it's going to get off scot-free with this. Sean, I bet you could guess the ending of this story. I bet our listeners out there could guess the ending of the story. Um, uh, it's pretty obvious what's going to happen, Matt. They don't release the album. Couldn't be more wrong. They what? do release the album, Sean. <laughs> this might surprise you. They released the album, Chinese Democracy, that was promised 12 years prior. And <laughs> and Dr. Pepper is completely screwed for the most part. Hmm. So now they have to give away hundreds of millions of free cans because they promised it to everyone. They said that every American would get a free can of Dr. Pepper. Everyone. So um, what do they do? Well, they do what any, you know, reasonable company would do in this situation. Um, 
they uh, honor their claim and they mail, you know, they, they, they bite the bullet and they decide to mail a can of Dr. Pepper to every single American uh, in the country. Nice. Except that's not what they do, Sean. No, what? You really had me faked out there for a minute. What they, what they actually do is they set up a website. <laughs> they set up a website where you ha- had to apply for your can of Dr. Pepper. And you had to fill out a lengthy survey that could prove that you were, in fact, uh, a citizen of the United States. You had to submit all this paperwork. And they, they basically made it as complicated as possible. Um, people went on there. They actually did want Dr. Pepper to honor their claim. At this point, it became news. It was all over the, the – um, the, back then, I guess it would be the MySpace. Facebook was a thing sort of uh, in, in its in – its in its very early stages, um, the website crashed. The website crashed. Uh, millions and millions of people went on trying to claim their free can of Dr. Pepper. I think at that point it was really just just the, to prove a point to the company. Uh, and maybe, yeah, maybe people really did. I mean, everybody loves free stuff. I, I would have done it if I had known about it. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, Dr. Pepper never gave everyone – free cans of pepper. They hid behind some kind of legality clause. Uh, and Axl Rose sued the company. Oh, my God. Axl, Ro- Axl Rose, lead singer of Guns N' Roses, sued the company for lying. I hope he won. Uh, that, that I don't know. That, But that I can look up. We'll see if he, uh, if he was more successful than that lady in the Toyota case. Hopefully, he probably could afford a better lawyer, so I would, I would hope that I would hope that he won. Well, I hope the I hope I hope he wins, and his sort of uh, his his uh, reward for that is everyone in America gets a second can of Dr Pepper. That that's absolutely what That'd he should be badass. have sued for. Yes, yes, or or a Dr Pepper T shirt. Yep. So that's free marketing, advertising. Yeah. Um, no, that that's a that's a bonker story. You know, you never you never want to run a contest where you can't pay out the prize. You got to know better. No matter how outlandish or ridiculous it is, you you, you got to be able to pay out that prize. Now, Matt, while you're looking that up, did you know this is interesting? A lot of people don't know this. Yeah. But we see these kinds of promotions all the time, whether it's a, a game show or a company. You see, like, oh, uh, steal a base in the World Series, and everyone gets a free taco, right? I'm sure you've oh, seen yeah. that. They, they do those sure. contests all the time. But do you ever wonder how they actually execute on that? Well, there's something called. Prize indemnity insurance. And what these companies do is they actually buy insurance against the prize. Ah. So they play, pay a small fee for another company to worry about. Just It's like buying insurance on your home or something. And they hope they never have to pay it out. But if they do, the company's not on the hook. The insurance company is. They usually charge between 3 and 15% of the possible payout. And they handle it for them. But the way it works is... All these companies actually have computed the odds of winning, and then that's how they charge the company for it. So that's why in this article I found it's the odds of a randomly – so you ever, you ever see a half-court shot at a basketball game? Oh, yeah. Do you know what? The, the odds of a randomly selected contestant making one of those is 50 to 1. And that's how they use it to compute the prize. So they assume every 50 times one person will win. And so there's a lot of math that goes into it. Um, it's the same way that it says here, um, the odds of a hole in one um, is about 2,500 to one in golf. So um, so it says here in, in a one insurance company, the cost of a $25,000 hole in one prize with 100 players is $539. So you pay a premium, the company ends up making money because few people win, but when they do win, they pay it out. So you kind of buy insurance for it. It's quite interesting. That is interesting. That, that's something I never knew, this uh, this insurance. What's, what did you call it again? Prize Indemnity Insurance. Prize Indemnity Insurance. It says here, instead of keeping cash reserves to cover large prizes, the promoter or company pays a premium to an insurance company, which then reimburses the insured should a prize be given away. Hmm. Uh, oh, so here's a, here's an update. Uh, I believe that 
what happened to this lawsuit, in case anybody cares, is that uh, is that um, I think Axel Rose eventually just dropped it, just kind of dropped it. He he had successfully humiliated the company enough, and, yeah. and I don't I don't think he really needed the money. So he got his revenge. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it just went away. That's uh, that's how that that uh, so that soda can exploded. Um, Sean, I think I believe this is your turn now. To, it is my to, turn. Yeah, let's and, hear another one. And Matt, I'm gonna talk about a real doozy of a stunt, and this is oh, a stunt. Wait, wait. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I did want to add one thing to the Dr Pepper. Yes. Since we're talk- we're kind of analyzing the outcomes here, do you would you consider the Dr Pepper incident? Would you consider that successful or unsuccessful or both? I, I would say it's successful in getting attention, but overall unsuccessful because you don't want to. The worst case, you just want them to not care. It, you don't actively want to piss them off. The, the, you can't. Pro- IHOP worked because it was just okay. IHOP has burgers. They weren't promising me a free burger. They weren't. Pro- as soon as you promise someone something and you don't deliver on it, you're disappointing your customers. So yeah, they got their name out there. They got some promotion. But I think at the end of the day, I wouldn't necessarily call it a success. I think if they had been, okay. I think if they successfully had gotten those coupons out for the free soda, then it would have been a huge win for them. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, you're definitely the expert in this, in, in this, for the, really this entire episode, you're, cause you're the marketing guy. Um, and you, you, you're, you know, this is what you've researched. This it's is what just you, an opinion, Matt. You Everyone's are, you got are a one. learned, a learned scholar in this subject compared to me. I, I know basically nothing about this. I'm venturing into uncharted waters. Matt, marketing is, is just ideas and I know you're full of them. The ideas, man. Um, the, uh, this this stunt when I first heard about it, I got to be honest. I thought that it was a successful one because it got people ta- like you said before. It got people talking about the brand. It got people talking about Dr Pepper. They made this wild claim that was connected to, you know, a um, a, a cultural subgenre, uh, Guns and Roses music. So, um, I figured this would be like an instance of a successful, uh a successful uh, event, a successful occurrence. But I, I can definitely see where you, where you were right. I mean, they, they, they ended up completely embarrassed. And I'm sure it cost them a ton of money, too. That's the other thing. A good, a good marketing stunt viral campaign should not be exorbitantly expensive because then you could have just bought a bunch of commercials and billboards. Right. You know, the right. whole point is you're getting a money. lot for a little. And yes. I think um, I have to imagine with all of the various, you know, lawsuits and and website and kind of all the different stuff they had to do i can't imagine it was very cost effective so part of me likes to think that axel rose released chinese democracy that year just to screw over dr pepper i know that's probably not true i know it was probably just an incredible an incredible coincidence i mean i I feel like one of three things could have happened right number one it's a ridiculous coincidence chinese democracy comes out the same year that Dr. Pepper makes this outrageous claim that they'll give a free can away if the album is released that year. Uh, all right, so complete coincidence is number one. Number two, um, Axl Rose wants to screw over the company, Dr. Pepper. So he he pushes the album. Maybe it was it was in the works. Maybe it was on the verge of coming out anyway. It could have been could have been 08, could have been 09, could have been 07 in or, or uh, in 10. Pushes it, gets it released, whatever. Uh, option three, you know, it could have it could have been someone in the company is in the know, and they and they know that that there they have word that interesting some from someone in the music industry that they're releasing Dr Pepper that year, and maybe this was a way to parlay a tie-in that never happened or some kind of connection. Maybe Dr Pepper's people, Dr Pepper's people. That's a, a nice little word game for you dr pepper's people was supposed to were supposed to contact axel rose to set something up and they never did somebody dropped the ball somewhere and all of a sudden they make this this claim pisses off rose who's already set to release the album who knows who knows but just another example of, of wacky crazy marketing all right sean now on with your um 
with your what, your next bit. You seem yes. very excited about I, I, it. I'm going to go I, quick because we are, we are running out. We spent a bunch of time talking about the Beatles. So we're a little, little behind on time, but that's okay. Matt, September 22nd or 27th, 1986. The city, Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. Cleveland known for, they've had a number of bad marketing stunts. We can talk about Tencent Beer Night another time. A uh, great melee there. But the United Way in Cleveland decides they're going to try and break the world record for the largest simultaneous release of helium-filled balloons. They called it Balloon Fest, and they inflated one and a half million balloons under a big net, okay? And sure enough, they pull the string, they release the balloons. It looks really cool. The problem, Matt, is that balloons don't stay in the air forever. They eventually come down, especially on a day when it rains, which they were not planning for. It rained hard. Pushed the balloons back down so much that the city was covered under a a layer of balloons. The local uh, airport had to shut down. Um, A woman's prize horses panicked at the site and injured themselves, resulting in a $100,000 settlement. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say a woman's prized horse? That's what this article says. A woman's prized horse panicked? Yes, at the sight of the balloons and injured. At the sight of the balloons? And 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 got injured, injured. And injured people? Injured itself. Oh, the prized horse was injured. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It didn't, resulting it didn't in go on like a rampage. Okay. And not that I know of. Because that would be like a very like 18th century thing to happen. Like this horse got startled and terrorized the town. Seven people injured. Um, oh, that's very that is very tragic though. I feel bad for the horse. Oh, it gets worse. Um, okay. And I'm going to put up on screen here. There is a great like mini documentary on YouTube about this that you have to see because you just the video of the balloons being everywhere is bananas. But right when they were launching the balloon, the Coast Guard out in the bay next to Cleveland um, was undergoing a search and rescue mission for two drowning boaters who were in the water. Turns out. A bunch of balloons floating on the surface of the water look like heads. Oh, oh no. And by the time they eventually found oh. them, they had long since drowned. Oh, my. Wow. Oh. I kid you not. Uh, the United Way ended up facing a two point, a three point two million dollar lawsuit from the widow of one of the boaters. They later settled for an undisclosed sum. Um, and uh, Cleveland's been marred by it ever since. Absolutely insane. That's that's that is terrible. So what was the what was the promotion here? What were the balloons promoting again? The United Way. Okay. A charity. So this was a charity. Okay. Yes. So this it's not really a marketing stunt necessarily, but it is kind of a promotion stunt. Sure. Yeah. Um, um and and just a horrifically bad idea. Yes, and I and and of course they they you know even though it's not really directly a marketing stunt. They're still stuck with the consequences of what they did. Yep. Same way a company would have. It looked really have cool. I have to say, it looked all those balloons going up look really I, cool. But immediately, I, I, you have to know, as soon as they released them, there was some guy on the ground who's like, "Shit, we didn't think oh, of yeah. this part." Whoops. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there were a whole team of people that, as they were watching those balloons go up, didn't think of the consequences. Now it makes me really want to watch this documentary. Was, do you have a name of it? I don't. It's only like five or ten minutes. It's not long, and it's mostly the um, okay. here. I'm at. I will send to you. Uh, we don't really have show notes, so I can't share. Just people can Google it, but I'll put in the Slack mat an article from Cleveland.com that recaps the event, um, and you can read Cleveland. it at your leisure. Com. Yeah, Balloon Fest 1986, um, and there's some awesome photos in there, and okay. uh, and a play by play of uh, of what happened. You check that out. Unreal. So that's my map. Matt, uh, we are low on time. We can do one more if you've got it. No, that's okay. I, no. I, I think I hit. Well, I was going to talk a little bit about um, uh, uh, something that I think we've talked about on this show actually before. Oh, my God. I have one we've sort of talked about on the show before. I'm going to oh laugh if it's the same one. It's. I, I can almost guarantee, Sean, is it New Coke? Were you going to no, talk about I New Coke? No, it wasn't New Coke. Oh, I was going to talk, talk about the XFL blimp that famously crashed. Oh, Okay. Which we, I know we talked about I like briefly. yours better. Let's talk about – we all know about New Coke. New Coke is – and actually, Matt, there's a really great book on New Coke we can do for the book club, just if you're interested, um, that I've read that's very good. But no, the famous um, – the X, when they launched the XFL in 2001, um, 
Vince McMahon bought an XFL blimp and flew it over an NFL game um, in Oakland, the Oakland, an Oakland Raiders game. Um, on its way back to the Oakland airport, bad weather forced its pilots to abandon it because it was out of control, and it crashed into a marina and deflated. So this big XF, it says XFL on the side of the blimp. It crashed into a marina, deflated, caused $2.5 million worth of damage um, on the Seaside restaurant, and had a fantastic image of, of the NFL, of the XFL literally crashing and burning into a, as in a, in a deflated blimp. Okay, so the XFL's uh, metaphor blimp there. Yep, yep, a, a very shining example of what was to come. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if that I don't know which one is a better image of the XFL. Is it the crashing and burning blimp with its name and logo plastered on it, or is it the very first play uh, when instead of having a coin toss, the scramble, two players, the scramble where they race each other to try to get the ball, pick up the ball, and they just slam their heads right into each other and both immediately get concussed. Yep. I don't know which one is a better a better image and more fitting of the XFL and its spirit. Uh, but maybe our maybe our listeners can weigh in on that maybe, if you'd like to like to let us know. You betcha. Uh, so yeah, that's that's about it. I mean, we've talked about New Coke before. Do we do we want to get into like specifics about New I mean, Coke? Or? The thing about New Coke is it's a, it, it, it's it's we could do a whole episode on New Coke. I mean, New Coke is a was a big story and a big push for the company, a real a real radical change for them, but. One thing a lot of people don't realize is Coke at the time was undergoing big management changes. They had just bought a movie studio. They owned Columbia Pictures for a little while. Um, they, they just didn't know what to do with their lives. Pepsi was kicking their ass. So they were a little bit desperate. And uh, and it's true. They they conducted the market research. The market told them they loved new Coke. And it's just an example of... Uh, of you don't, don't, don't mess with a beloved classic. Or at least claim something is better. I think if they had just changed old coke without telling anybody i doubt anyone i don't think people would have noticed but you don't go out saying new coke better than old coke not gonna fly sure we really could do a whole episode about this this is this, is a, very, want, this really you, is a very interesting story i have a good book on the whole new coke saga that if we're interested i think would make a good book club read sure it's fun to think about absolutely maybe we'll talk about this after the uh after the show there you go all right matt we're gonna wrap it up here unless you got anything else you want to say that's about it uh i think uh a lot of these viral marketing campaigns that we talked about today kind of uh blew up in smoke i don't really know if did we talk about any successful viral marketing campaigns i I think the most successful was the ihob yeah so this one could be the failed Maybe maybe we want to come back next week and talk about more successful ones. I think the I ruinous know. ones are more fun. They're more fun to talk because they're yeah. embarrassing. Sure. Um, I mean, uh, just a one note one that I can quickly remember. Do you? Um, I mean, you're a, you're a mass guy. You're a Boston or, or Massachusetts guy. Um, you you remember the viral marketing they did? I think it was for Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Oh, with those LED boards, yeah. The LED boards in the uh, in the in the um, the tunnel, right? Yep. Oh, I remember. I remember watching that on the news unfold when yeah, people thought, thought it, was it was a bomb. bomb. Yeah. Well, and that uh, was when was what time? I'm trying to think of what time was that like it was, around 2000. Right. I think it was. <sighs> oh, it was 2007. It was It was 2007. So it was later. But okay. still, all right. It was later than I thought. I thought it was like a year or two after nine eleven. But okay, two thousand seven. That sounds right. Yep. Still. Yeah. No. It, they, was, uh, that, it was that nine eleven era mentality. The two thousands. Uh, I know Turner Broadcasting, who owns Aqua Teen Hunger Force, had to pay one million dollars each to the Boston Police and the Department of Homeland Security. But again, they did get a lot of publicity out of it. Oh, they did. Yeah. I hadn't even heard of Aqua Teen Hunger Force before that. You know, can you can you buy that kind of publicity? I don't think so. No way. Matt, yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight. I think we had a uh, had a banger of a time. I would uh, dare say. Um, I want to thank everybody out there for joining us. Before I get to our own plugs, I want to plug some of the other projects Matt and I work on. 
Uh, you definitely, if you haven't checked out Don't Panic, it's a great show. I highly recommend it. Uh, myself, Colby, and Dan talk about tech news every week. Subscribe now because this coming week, we're going to do a full rundown of everything Apple just announced last week. The uh, the 10s, 10s Max, the 10R, uh, we're gonna, the new Apple Watch, we're going to talk about all of it. Um, it's a real treat. Uh, that's at don'tpanic.io or anywhere you get podcasts, just search Don't Panic. I would also say you should check out myself and Matt playing Dungeons and Dragons along with Colby and Dan over at GameNights.tv. A new episode will come out eventually, I promise. Uh, moving really slow down my editing, but uh, we're going to get there. So uh, subscribe now at GameNights.tv and you'll get new episodes when they come out. We're right in the middle of a great streak, Matt. I think you'd agree. Um, we're, we're hot as ever. So um, now's, now's a good time to join. Absolutely. Catch up on all the fun. Uh, I, I do envy those listeners out there that can listen to these, to our us play D&D, like one right after the other, because we, we do go through long droughts sometimes, it seems, where there's no D&D. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get back into it soon. Yeah, and I'm I'm told we're, to I was talking with our DM, and we're we're getting close to some really exciting stuff. So now's a great time to hop on at GameNights.tv. Of course, this show UpForDebate.tv. We will be back next week. I promise. No more long hiatuses. Subscribe to the show there. Get all the past episodes there. Catch up. Plenty to listen to. Uh, you can get the podcast audio version anywhere you get podcasts. Overcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you name it. We're there, and the video version on YouTube as well. And of course, you can follow us at UpForDebateTV on Twitter. And uh, email us up for debate TV at gmail.com. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you for joining us. On behalf of Matt, I'm Sean. We'll see you next time for good times and discussion here on Up for Debate. <laughs>